Welcome to the Michael Myers Minute, where we delve into the 1978 horror classic Halloween one minute at a time. I'm your host, Robert Black. Minute 22, Lori, Annie, and Linda walk home from school, and we have a guest, Scott Corelli of Dueling Genre. Welcome, Scott. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Now, as the minute begins, I like to note the locations, because I live near these and I get obsessive. They are jaywalking across Highland Avenue in Pasadena, headed west. Oh. Yeah, I get very detailed notes on locations. It's crazy. <laughs> and I'm hoping to t- make a field trip and get some pictures of them to put on like the Facebook group or something. But Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, blogs that are really popular um, about yeah. that, where they take like frames from the movie and then they stand in the spot with the frame from the movie. Yeah, and match them up. Yeah, right. My favorite one for this movie is supposedly the owners of, I think I've mentioned this several minutes now and haven't gotten to it in the real world. Laurie Strode's house, supposedly the current owners leave pumpkins on the porch year-round with a note that says, you can borrow these for photos, just put them back when you're done. Oh, that's really nice. I'm like, that's pretty nice. Yeah. But I haven't had a chance to get over there. <laughs> so we get uh, nice dialogue by uh, Deborah Hill here, mm-hmm. writing for the girls. What does she say here? He he gets in trouble for throwing eggs and what, soaking socking? windows. Soaking windows. Soaping, soaping yeah. windows. Soaping windows. Okay. What is oh like car windows or um, like actual house, house windows? I think, but like you write on them with soap because that takes some effort to wash off. Like it's oh. kind of annoying. Okay, interesting. We get Annie's nickname for Paul, Old Jerko. Yeah. She'll also call him later. <laughs> uh, and also, I noticed something in the script. She says his parents grounded him for the weekend. Uh, I'll come back to this later, but the movie treats halloween like it's friday night Mm. and like tomorrow they don't have school but in 1978 halloween was a tuesday i believe (laughs) so they should have had school the next day yeah well you know (laughs) it's only so much you can do um yeah yeah but yeah i i I really love this uh this scene of them of them walking which i guess it's good that i do um yes yeah. <laughs> that's this week um that's what you're here to talk about yeah but uh but no i i do i really i really like them i like the naturalistic dialogue even though this bit with um linda and the textbooks that seems like she's making a lot of that up like she's kind of vamping it sounds like like the actress pj souls oh the list of books yeah, the list of books. It yeah. sounds like she's kind of vamping because uh, the shot is taking longer than she thought it would or something. Um, and she does the best she can, but it is a little silly. But uh, thankfully, they uh, they put it in sort of the the background of the soundtrack so you don't notice it as much. But. She does. I have a note before that, but I'll jump to that first. Um, in the script, all she says is, I always forget my chemistry book. Mm. So math book, English book, French book. <laughs> Who needs books anyway? That's all... <laughs> That's not in the shooting script. Okay, yeah. yeah. And But there's also a great line in the novel, Annie interrupts her and says, you forget everything but your pill. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to continue on the books, I didn't ask you before you came on, what do you think of profanity? <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I'm fine with profanity. <laughs> because I, I have a note here, um, second 10, Lori says shit. Mm-hmm. And my note is that Lori, who's the good girl, is actually the first one to swear in the film. Oh. Like, Annie says shit later. In the novelization, Annie says fuck, though no one does in the movie. Richie says bullshit. Luma says ass. Linda says shit. Like, But Lori's the first one to get the profanity out of the way. Well, good for her. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a nice, good girl. She swears first. She smokes a joint. She's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, you know, that whole, like, final girl, the virgin thing that, you know, Randy goes off on and Scream. Yeah. It's not really that accurate is what I, you know, when I watch Scream, having not seen, you know, when I was, I think I was 10 when I saw Scream okay. uh, in theaters. And uh when I saw that, I was like, okay, that just must be how horror movies work. And then you get older and you start watching all of these, you know, old slasher films. And you're like, those rules really aren't that accurate. Not really. <laughs> I think they work out on an, like an average if you take all the slasher films from like the 80s. Mm -hmm. But most mm -hmm. of the slasher films that stuck around don't always quite fit because they're better than that. They're not dealing in those stereotypes. Right. And Halloween, where they're sort of born, doesn't fit them. Yeah, they don't even know about the stereotypes yet. Right. Even though we kind of get those things from this movie, this movie isn't making them. Right. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's um I mean, I guess I guess we'll we'll talk about it more as we get pivotal Michael Myers moment later in the week. Yeah. Um but that's what I I kind of love about this film. I mean, you know, you hear all these interviews and things with um with John and, and Deborah talking about, you know, why they wanted to make this and uh, what Michael Myers represents to them. And then, you know, as the franchise continues, Michael Myers becomes this sort of supernatural entity. Right. Um, to a certain extent, uh, he's very Jason-esque at that point, yeah. which is like he becomes a ripoff of a ripoff <laughs> of himself, which is weird. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, but uh, in this film specifically, like he's just a human being. Like, he's just a guy um, who... Yeah, until the end. Right. Who is... There's no sense of anything else. No, he's just like... Uh, I mean, he's a psychopath, you know? Like, he <laughs> is sort of... Um, I don't know. I have always read this film as a, as a sort of representation of, like, this new fear that people had in the 70s of serial killers. And, you know, the boogeyman is real. Yeah. Because... He's not a monster. He's your neighbor. He's some random guy you can meet. And he's it's, it's important that he's in a small town, right. too, after like the 60s. Right. It's like, it's not just the cities that are dangerous anymore. It's everywhere. Right, right. That's, I mean, that's kind of uh, my, I, that's why I really like what they're doing with that, um, that new sequel, is they're sort of taking it back to that sort of, you know, quote unquote, true crime roots. Yeah of of this story of like yeah no he was just a guy who was crazy and killed a bunch of people that's that's who he is really and then he becomes this super crazy supernatural entity um later on but i i really love this as just a um really grounded approach to i mean there was no slasher film this sort of almost invented slasher film uh as we know it in the 80s yeah prior to this it's nothing when you go when you work backward you can go back to like peeping tom and psycho right. but but those are a stretch even in between those and yeah. this there's nothing right right exactly and i just uh i i just really love that this is this really feels it really reads to me like deborah and john sort of coming to terms with like how scary that is that there could just be a guy who just wants to kill you you didn't do anything yeah he just chooses you for whatever reason and he wants to kill you because that's he just has this desire to do that. Um, this is like almost like a need. Yeah. And the same with the original concept by Yablans, which was the babysitter murders. It's babysitters because everyone's either babysat or been babysat. Right. And so it normalizes this whole situation. Right. Right. And makes it scarier, potentially. Yeah. Because. No, absolutely. We've all been in that position. Tommy is later where he's afraid of the like 
when he sees shadows outside, they might be bad. Right. Now, where is it? Oh, there they are. It is time for guest questions, if you're ready, Scott. Okay, sure. Now, for the record, number one, have you ever murdered anyone or do you plan to? (laughs) No and no. Okay. My last guest didn't answer that question, (laughs) which is suspicious. Uh, Number two, since we're on this minute, were you a bookish nerd in high school? Were you the one that remembered your books? Uh, no, okay. actually, I've, I became a bookish nerd, uh, in college and stuff, okay. uh, you know, got like a master's degree and everything, but it, in high school, I could care less about school. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was much more, I was much more, I was like, uh, I was like a, a poser goth, <laughs> uh, PJ souls. Like that's who I was in high school. So yeah, I just, I, I did not care. Uh, all I wanted to do was, uh, you know, listen to my matrix soundtrack and watch my horror movies. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and the final question, and since you're poser goth then maybe for this one, um, do you read horror novels? And if so, what's good? Yeah. I read a ton of, ton of Stephen King. Um, yeah, me too. Is what I grew up reading, uh, basically everything. Um, <laughs> and uh, now, I mean, I haven't read like anything that I would consider horror that I really like in a while. Okay. Um, I I think the last really great horror book that I read was Heart Shaped Box from Joe Hill. Oh, King Sun, yeah. Um, I love that. But then I don't think his other two books would really. Or three books. I guess Nosferatu is a horror book. Yeah, so I'd say Nosferatu was probably also Joe Hill. Um, was probably the. I haven't read. I don't think I've read any of his yet. I need to. <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things. Oh, they're really good. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, Nosferatu is sort of. Um, uh, it's it's uh it's like a Christmas horror thing. Um, it's really good. Nice. So, uh, you know, another holiday themed (laughs) horror thing. And it's a little better than Black Christmas, which is fun for what it is, I guess. But is it as good as Silent Night, Deadly Night? Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, that, I mean, that one, again, that's another one that's just really fun, you know? I love that movie. Um, I, yeah, I love that too. But I guess uh, Nosferatu takes itself a little more seriously. But, uh, yeah, I would say Joe Hill stuff is the, really the only, horror novelist that i keep up with i really need to uh dip my toes into uh, some other stuff there was um there's a book that came out last year and i got like two chapters in and it was it was really good and then i got i moved and then i got distracted and i never got back to it i need to get back around to it but it was uh i think it's called the final girls and it's about uh i forget the author but it's about um Oh, a, a, a woman who was a final girl, you know, you know, in a slasher murder situation, she was a final girl and she uh, finds out that other final girls are being murdered huh. and she has to like figure out what's going on before she gets murdered, essentially. That one was pretty good. I, I read like, you know, I don't know, maybe a tenth of it before I got distracted, but it was good. Uh, so maybe I'd recommend that. I don't know. I wonder if that's there's a final girls movie in production or in development. Oh, I wonder if that is based a on a college student joins a group of friends on vacation, returns as the only survivor. Mm. I don't know if that's that. I don't know. There's no details on it. Um, I was looking up because you mentioned final girl and I thought of two other movies. There's a movie called final yeah. girl with Abigail Breslin, which I didn't like. No, 
Although there's this segment in the middle, about 10, 15 minutes long, that would have been a really amazing short film mm-hmm. if they just cut out all the fat. And then, But then the movie, I think these came out the same year, too. Uh, the Final Girls with Thaisa Farmiga, I loved. Where, like, she right. goes into the film right, that right, her right. mother the- starred in years ago. <laughs> yeah, the last action hero of slasher films. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, no, this novel is called Final Girls, written by Riley Sager. Oh. Then that is this one. Oh. The writer is listed as Riley Sager. Oh, interesting. Okay. So they're making a movie of it. Yeah. Oh, cool. wow. All right. Fair enough. Then if the book is good, I should try to read the book before that movie comes out. Yeah. There you go. Or maybe like Linda, I don't need books. Yeah. Get, just get the books. audio book. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what Linda would do. Well, she'd just watch the movie. Maybe. Yeah. I haven't recorded the minute before this yet, but she has two books in her bag. <laughs> They're romance novels, okay. like teenage romance novels, but she yeah. does have two books with her. Yeah. So she does read, apparently. She yeah. just has exclusive, you know, Nothing she reads fiction. That. So she might read Final Girls. And then we're here for an introduction of Michael. Well, the shape. Right. As the car comes in. So why why do they... I mean, you know, your pot, you you don't you don't uh, hide behind uh, this strange thing of like the shape because I mean, you call your your podcast Michael Myers Minute. So, what is what is the deal with the shape? Because I can never, I never feel like I got a straight answer out of all the behind the scenes stuff. It always just seemed like they just thought it was cool or something. I don't know. It what's well, the way it's scripted is he's called the shape and. I think of it two ways. One, why I call the podcast Michael Myersman is because from the audience perspective, we all get to know Michael Myers. We know his name in that first movie. We He gets called that a lot later. We get to know him. But in this movie, I think I pointed this out a few minutes ago with a different guest. No one calls him Michael Myers in the entire movie. Oh, except for like his mom at the very beginning, right? Well, his, his father calls him Michael. His sister calls him Michael twice. Right. People refer to the Myers house or the Myers place. And the guy at the cemetery talks about Judith Myers. Right. But no one ever says Michael Myers. And Loomis specifically never calls him Michael or Myers. He never uses his name. Oh, that's so weird. And so kind of the way I see it is it makes Michael into this kind of with a few minutes ago, we were talking about fate in this movie and like as a theme Michael is this otherworldly force, even though we were talking before we started recording. I think that was before we started recording about Michael being like not supernatural and the new movie coming out this year, making him a little more human. Mm -hmm. He's both in this movie, absolutely mortal and simple and human, like just a killer. And at the same time, in the structure of the story is something much much bigger than that he is death itself come to this little town right right and so you can't describe that you can't put a name on it same with the mask they couldn't use the clown mask because it's too specific they use the william shatner and make it less william shatner Mm -hmm. right well and i always read that as you know the boogeyman is real and he could be anybody 
you know? Right. Um, and, and so that's where that blank face comes from and the, you know, the no expression. And then I've always read um, Donald Pleasant's character, uh, you know, Dr. Loomis, his whole like, he's evil incarnate. <laughs> like, you know, that his his whole thing with him is just that like, you know, we're in, in 1978, we're in this transitionary period where we don't even, I don't, I don't even know if we have a word for serial killers yet. And we're just starting to put together that this is a thing that happens, um, that people have this. There are certain people who have this unstoppable, unquenchable desire to murder other people for no other reason than they just do. And I think that that was at the time, even with psychiatrists, especially older ones like Mr. Pleasance here, is they they didn't understand that. Like, yeah. it just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense, you know? I mean, there were so many things we didn't understand about psychology and the human brain in the 70s, and we didn't even have a name for what would become serial killers yet. Just a quick clarification. Apparently, Robert Ressler, FBI special agent, used the term serial homicide in 1974, so we sort of had the term by 78, but I don't know how popular it was. And... I think we were just starting to understand that. And I think that Dr. Loomis sort of represents that. Like, I don't know what this is. I just know it's evil. There's no reason for it. He's just evil. And I don't know what to do about it. And it's scary. And everyone should run. <laughs> and I uh, I don't know. I, li- I, I like that sort of um, mixing of these two things of like, you have this guy just being like, I don't, I don't understand this. So therefore, it's evil and death incarnate. And this whole thing. And then it feels like every everything that we're getting in the text of the movie is just that Michael Myers is just this guy yeah. who broke out of the insane asylum. He needs a car to get around. He needs a knife. Yeah. He's practical. He needs clothes. Right. Yeah. And he needs a mask because he doesn't want to be himself. He wants to yeah. be something else when he's doing these things. But all of those things, like choosing your victims, which is what this week is about. It's Michael Myers choosing his victims. And it's that's all just very paint-by-numbers, serial killer stuff. Well, yeah, take this minute out of the movie, and this is any serial killer finding three girls on the street and deciding that's who he's going to yep. kill later. Yep. And it doesn't have to be in any larger context. Right. And I think that this franchise really hooked into the shape and into everything that Donald Pleasant's character says. And it's like, that's our guy. But that guy that he's describing is, is Jason Voorhees. I mean, that's yeah. the supernatural zombie thing. Um, unstoppable zombie thing. Well, and by the time they make even Halloween 2, you have two Friday the 13th movies already. Exactly. And a bunch of other copycat things. Exactly. So. That's the way you make a franchise. <laughs> I think the thing that makes Michael Myers special is that he's not that. Because if he is that, then what what makes Michael Myers special? I don't know. Yeah. Right? Like, what's the difference between him and, and Jason at that point? Because not for nothing, but Jason has the better origin story if we're talking about <laughs> a supernatural being, you know? But Michael Myers, like, the, the thing that makes him special is that, one, he could be anybody, and two, he's just a guy. Yeah. Like, that's what makes him special. And so he should have more in common with the kids from Scream than he does with Jason Voorhees, in my opinion. Myers does have a fun origin in the novelization with, like, the Celtic background and, like, he's there's a spirit from an earlier generation that's causing him to kill. But also in one of the comics. Oh, wow. (laughs) 
Yeah. The prologue, I, I read the prologue in minute three, is about is this Celtic thing generations ago, and this kid kills two people and then gets his soul gets cursed. Whoa. To like keep reliving his sin. But in one of the comics, I forget which one offhand. I think it's chaos comics um michael is born stillborn and like they pronounce him dead and then like right after midnight the baby wakes up again and it's like maybe something got inside him and that's why he's wrong there's something wrong with him oh as he grows up and it's an interesting visual in the comic book and if they put that in one of the movies i think it'd make a very memorable visual yeah that's interesting yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like all that crazy slasher supernatural stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love the Friday 13th yeah. movies as silly <laughs> as they are. But that's that's what's always hooked me into this franchise and Michael Myers specifically is this first film just being very grounded in that way. Yeah, he starts very grounded. It's like by the time you have Jason in, in Friday the 13th Part 2... That's obviously supernatural because, as far as we know, he's been dead for years, right. not in a hospital for years. Right. But Michael, yeah, starts as just a person. But then that person is the shape because he could be, as you said, any person. Right. Right. They always say of serial killers, like, he was charming, you know? Right. Right. Um, it really does just feel like John and Deborah just really trying to come to terms with what the world is like in the 70s. Yeah. Um, and... I, I really like that a lot. I, I mean, I think they're, you know, we're pointing out these sort of um, these two sort of competing threads uh, for this character and what he represents in the film. But I think that that was done on purpose. I think the two of them, even while writing this, were just like, yeah, no, it is really messed up that people do that. And they must just be evil. Uh, but also they're just human beings yeah. that are doing it. And so that's weird. And I, I think they're coming to terms with it just as much as anyone in this movie is and as much as we are watching it. Like structurally, I compared Dr. Loomis, well, it was someone else's comparison, but I talked about it to the doctor, I forget his name, in The Case of Charles Dexter Ward by H.P. Lovecraft, mm. where he's chasing this guy who is like a wizard, like it's doing actual magic for my dark old ancient stuff and yeah as you're saying this is like loomis is from this different kind of horror film this old school belief system stuck into a story about a serial killer mm -hmm. i like that okay the girls keep talking annie makes her speed yes. kills joke um <laughs> which he's not even going that fast well he does speed up right before she says it because he slows down next to him oh I always thought that when I was a kid and watching the movie, I'm like, he's not going that fast. That's weird. But watching it now one minute at a time, I'm like, oh, he does accelerate, mm. but he doesn't get that fast because she yells and he hits the brakes. I remember watching this as a kid and always straining to try and see if I could if I could see Michael through the back window, like, you know, turned around in his chair looking back at them or something. Oh, when he stops? Yeah. 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 You just, you want a glimpse of him, even though he's just like a... He's just a guy. I mean, we see him later when he gets the mask taken off. When I was a kid, we, we had a, this on VHS mm. and we watched it a lot. Yeah. So even when he passes by slowly and he looks out the window at them, we couldn't see him. Right. The tape was worn down too much. It was blurry. Right. But on like an HD copy, you can see his face. Yeah. It's freakier. <laughs> yeah. Because you can see that mask. Yeah. But we couldn't. <laughs> this blurry thing. Uh, man. When second 40, when he stares at them looking at him. Right. A minor mistake, not from the IMDb goofs, just one I found. 
After showing him in the car, second 45, it cuts back to the girls, and Linda's romance novels have switched places. Oh. I actually only noticed that because I was doing freeze frames to figure out what the books were. Interesting. So I noticed they'd... Yeah. Well, the one that was in the back is not in the front. Uh, actors, pay attention to your props and what you're doing. <laughs> or production. Glue those props in place so they can't mess with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That'll do it, too. I mean, you know, they filmed this in such a run and gun way. I don't blame yeah. them. <laughs> it's a wonder that this movie is 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 as classic and fantastic as it is. It's like there's there's a goof coming up about how the sunlight angle keeps changing as they're walking toward their houses, and I'm like, so what? <laughs> <laughs> they have a low budget. Yeah. They're filming it all on the same day. They use different takes. You know? Yeah. They couldn't block yeah. out the sun with their three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah, you can't. They can't do what they did in the new Mission Impossible, where they literally to get a shot of them jumping out of a plane and get it correctly, all in one shot, like you wanted to at the exact right time of day. They had to film it seventy times over seventy consecutive days. <laughs> like, not every movie, not every movie can do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think Halloween only even had their crane for a day because it costs money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, and Annie says after he stops, God, can't you take a joke? <laughs> and the minute ends. Any other notes on minute 22? Some uh, good brakes in that car. Um, it's a... Well, it's a government vehicle. They probably do regular <laughs> maintenance. That's true. That's true. Are the, Wait, yeah. is it a government? Is it a government facility? That? Uh... Yes. Okay. All right. The seal on the side of the door, we saw it up close about four or five minutes ago when he was outside the elementary school, and it is the state seal oh, okay. on the door and says for official use only. You know, you say that this was uh, filmed in Pasadena. I, I never once didn't believe that this was, uh, you know, didn't believe that this was Illinois. Um, huh. You know, it just is always read like Illinois. And, you know, I grew up in Indiana. Uh, so, you know, it's just, then that pretty good then. Yeah, no, it feels like this, but I'm just noticing now after you said that this is Pasadena, I just noticed now there's a, oh yeah, there's not, there should be like a lot more dead foliage, uh, at this time of year. (laughs) We see a lot of fake brown leaves on the ground because they had several trash bags full. They kept reusing. Yeah. But I think we only see brown trees in one scene. Yeah. Yeah, I've never noticed that before. But now that you've pointed it out, I'm never going to unsee it. <laughs> I'm always going to remember this was California. I noticed a few minutes ago when I was looking at a minute again, I'm like, they also have a lot of curbs for what my experience of like the Midwest was. Mm-hmm. Like I was in Wichita and the suburbs didn't have curbs. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But there's curbs on every block here. <laughs> yeah, there's... um. There's a lot of, I mean, there's there's curbs out here. And in all the neighborhoods I grew up in, anyway, there are curbs. Um, I don't know. And one that never occurred to me until researching now is that the high school doesn't look right for Illinois because the lockers are outside. Yeah, that is, that is true. And that's something else that I... And I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's... Wow, that's so true. Because I grew up he- in California. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have lockers outside cuz the weather's fine. I think yeah, I think it never it never occurred to me because I I spent like 5 years like from like 6th grade to ninth grade I was in um Florida. So Okay. Lots of outdoor lockers at that point. 
uh yeah and outdoor classrooms open outside too yeah yeah lots of uh trailer uh trailer uh classrooms that's uh pretty normal out there so it probably just didn't even occur to me that that was abnormal for the midwest but it absolutely would be yeah yeah and things like that once you see them in the movie yeah you won't unsee them (laughs) like when you notice where the palm trees are oh no there's palm trees in the background oh man yeah, when you first see Tommy, there's palm trees in the background. <laughs> and a guest pointed out to me, there's a palm tree in the front yard of the Myers house. <laughs> Most of the time we don't see it because there's a bigger tree that keeps lining up with it the way the camera goes. Oh, man. And so it keeps getting hidden. But it's there and it's in the front yard of the Myers house. <laughs> they do, uh, you know, uh, kudos to whoever helped uh john and and deborah do location scouting because um this they they did a really good job i mean all things considered there's i guess there's a few mistakes here and there but all things considered you know they they chose streets where the the trees are sort of covering like almost the whole street you know yeah um and really just remind you of uh a midwestern style neighborhood uh they did a really good job That is all for Minute 22. Scott, how can the listeners stalk you? Well, uh, you can stalk me on Twitter at Scott Corelli. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. And then uh, if you go to DuelingGenre.com, that's uh, my website and uh, podcast network. And so you can listen to all of the podcasts that happen over there. Uh, The ones that I do, I was the host of Back to the Future Minute for uh, 345 episodes. So you can listen to all of those. Uh, I'm also currently the host of the Cornetto Minute, where my co-host Nick Jimenez and I are going through Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy one minute at a time. Uh, we completed our first season of Shaun of the Dead. Uh, so we did all of uh, Shaun of the Dead, all, uh, I think, uh, 95 minutes of Shaun of the <laughs> Dead. And uh, now we're uh, prepping for Hot Fuzz. Uh, that'll <laughs> nice. be coming out later this year. Very much looking forward to that. We'll have to have you on for that, yeah. for maybe one of the slasher moments. In, uh, <laughs> Hot Fuzz. I love Hot um, Fuzz, too. But. Yeah, it's great. Uh, So we'll be talking about Hot Fuzz. uh, And actually, we're doing like hiatus specials because um, action movies have never really been my my thing. Uh, And so there's a bunch of action movies that I've never seen before, including the two that they watch in the movie, Point Break and Bad Boys 2. (laughs) Um, So we we watched Point Break last month and we're doing Bad Boys 2 this month. Nice. Um, And I have not seen Bad Boys. I've just watched Bad Boys 2. Just the second one? (laughs) Yeah. So that should be that should be uh, that should be fun, and we'll have a few more of those as we uh, lead up to that. And then currently, uh, I'm I'm uh, co-hosting uh, with uh, my co-host Zach Luna. We're doing Spider-Man Minute, and we're in the middle of our second season talking about Sam Raimi Spider-Man Two, uh, and that's that's been a lot of fun. I mean, we're Sam is or, uh, Zach is a um, is a uh, semi-professional cosplayer like he gets played to get gets paid to uh dress as spider-man at at conventions and parties and things like that um so he he comes at it from that sort of angle of fandom and then i am like the big comic book guy and uh, (laughs) i love sam raimi and and filmmaking and all of that stuff so we really we talk about those movies not just as like sort of the spider-man nerds that we are but also just uh from a filmmaking standpoint and how those movies were 
made back in the studio system and um, the story of getting a Spider-Man movie off the ground and the crazy behind the scenes story of the second Spider-Man movie, which is uh, insane. I mean, they were they were writing that script uh, the next day's script the day before. Um, it was just <laughs> insane, completely insane. And yet we got like a really great movie out of it, which is even more insane. Yeah. So uh, that's what we're doing right now. We're sort of like um, reaching, I think, the third act of that movie in uh, our release schedule. And uh, and then we'll be back next year to talk about Spider-Man 3, which will be probably the most fascinating season that we're going to do because uh, obviously <laughs> lots of crazy behind the scenes stuff for that movie. Yes. Uh, those are the things that I'm I'm uh, doing right now. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk about some other stuff uh, maybe later in the week. But um, go check those out. That's okay. good. Good starter pack. <laughs> and you can stalk us on Twitter and Facebook at Myers Minute or join our Facebook listeners group 45 Lampkin Lane. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us an extra review if you like what you hear. Until next time. See you.